0: Must be nice. The intern, the intern is only uh, making some easy math
1: <laughs> Welcome back to HR Talk
2: with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show.
3: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. I'm your co-host of the program, sailing us on in from the navigation seat. Deep into the bowels of the world of human resources, with the man, the myth, the legend, the captain of the ship, the guy that will go down playing the violin. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ricky Bias.
2: Hello, hello. I don't know about going down with the ship playing the viol- the violin. I mean, I make sure everybody's off, but I'm right behind them. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> You wouldn't go down with your ship at the end of the day? As long as everybody is out, I'm leaving that damn ship as well. Now, if I leave and my people are still there, yeah, that's a big no-no. I'm not doing that crap. But Understood. Uh, yeah, Understood. I'm Wait. not going to keep playing the violin. That's Welcome dumb. back to
3: yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. Uh, once again, I'm JC. It's going to be our pleasure to take HR Talk Podcasts on the road. We're going to be down in Melbourne, Florida, coming up in April. April, uh, we've got a... Very special conference down there, the Space Coast HR Conference. We're going to take the program directly to the floor. It's going to be my honor to be back there and suited up, looking a lot better than this that day as the MC of that event, welcomed back in by that crew. Very fantastic crew helping put that together uh, for the benefit of two SHRM organizations in one place at one time. Space Coast HR Conference. Stop by, check that out online. We'll be talking about that coming up a little bit more momentarily right now at the start of the show i want to go over to you ricky how you doing i'm sensing a new a new world of calm on that side of the camera over there right
2: a new world of calm i don't know if it's more of a new world of calm or just a different type of stress every week every year 52 different kinds of stresses yes sir yes sir even when you plan a vacation and by the way i i should say this right now jc and I don't think you know this, or even Dave, the intern. You're taking a cruise. This. Um, no. Normally, <laughs> at this time of year, we normally would. Um, right. no, actually, next week, um, I'm going to be in Tennessee. Oh, I'm going to be in Gatlinburg. Yes, sir. Nice. Yes, sir. So we're not going to have a live show next week. We are going to have a pre-recorded show. Um, that I'm taking. I'm taking my equipment with me because I'm. It, it, some some friends are coming as well. Yeah. I, and uh, we're first time hearing this. First,
3: you're kind of shocking me a little bit right here.
2: Why am I shocking you, man? We should Why have had that shocking?
3: pre-production meeting. I mean, we've got people knocking on the door to be on the show. Truly, we <laughs> we're we're going to have to scramble a little bit now to try to see if anyone's available for an interview this week. I'm telling you.
2: What, or or I'm going to be there with uh, the man, the legend Rallo, is coming with us. Oh, uh, him and his family. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, he's he's yet to be
3: on, on the like program. That. He is a fantastic gentleman. Huge, it will be fantastic fan. if uh, you can secure a very good interview with Mr. Rallo.
2: Is it, well, is it possible? Uh, it, 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 it It is very well possible. We got a three-story cabin with about 15 rooms for just two families. So we're going to have plenty of time to record and do all kinds of things. Uh, more people were going. They just backed out of the last minute. So we got this big, huge cabin for all of us. So it's going to be great.
3: Very nice. It happens. You know, there's other things that happen. Things that happen online. Things what? that happened at the end of the last program that made you uh, <laughs> a little upset. And you said you want some time at the start of the show to talk about it. I want to turn it not over upset. to you for a minute here.
2: What do you got, man? So so here's what I got. It's not It's not upsetting, it's um it's more of a response to a feedback that we got. Um I love feedback. Uh actually I tell all of my managers, all of my clients, I I, I always tell them feedback, um, if it's done constructively, um, you can actually use that information, it's valuable information. Uh that way you can help whatever it is that your your um, um, uh, journey that you're on to help you better in that journey. Uh, but we got some feedback, JC, from last week's show, and I did want to address it. So before I even say what that feedback is, I'm just going to show you, and they put it on our website. You know how at the end of every show, I'm always saying, look, if you have any feedback for us, tell us what you think about the show. They always throw it out there. I know I always throw it out there, and somebody actually listened to that. And they put the feedback on our website. So here's what I'm going to do. Let me go to our website. Let me go ahead and share the screen real quick. Give me one quick second. Let me not share the sound. I learned my le- my lesson from last and time. And well, Ricky's getting things set up, we do
3: have an amazing guest on today. Had an opportunity to sit down with Paige Sparks, uh, the famous TikTok lawyer. We'll be talking about that coming up momentarily. Ricky, back to you.
2: Thank you very much. All right, are you able to see the screen? What do you see? Looking for HR with twist ties. go Learning. <laughs> All right. So if you go on our website, you go to this is what the website looks like. But if you go to the HR talk page, this is where our show lives. Right. So this is the the, the show that, that that we did last week with um, uh, Jacqueline Martinez, Jacqueline Hepburn Martinez, number 280, which I thought was a great show. Right. But if you go over to the actual link of the show, you click on it, there isn't any feedback there. Normally, this is where the feedback goes. So no, that's your, not your where screen the is
3: frozen right now. We just see the Biasco Learning uh, main main oh, logo whoa. right there. Oh, man. If so you're trying on, to display on. something.
2: Yeah. I am trying to display something, but if it's not working, I do not like the way that's going. So let me go ahead. There we go. You got it? Episode 280. Okay. Gotcha. 280. Sorry. I, if I scroll down, this is where you'll see some of the feedback, right? But no, it isn't there. But I'm like, wait a minute. I get an email or, or a text that I got a feedback. Where is it? So I come back, and it's the previous show, The Art of Customer Service and Leadership, number 279. So if you click on that and you scroll down, here's the feedback. All right, so I'm just I'm just going to read it off. This is from a person named Longtime Listener. Longtime Listener, first time posting. You talked about a new format, but it hasn't really changed unless you consider getting sloppy a change. Also, you should really avoid talking over your guests if you can help it. You finally had a female guest on the show, and you really should have given her an opportunity to speak about her and her concepts. And who is this Dave person, and why must he really insert himself into the conversation? especially when his comments don't seem to add any value to the conversation unless we are now adopting rudeness into the format of the show. Now, this is a feedback we got um, shortly after the show when published, uh, published into, the, uh, into the podcast platforms. So normally I do get feedback like that um, and, uh, via email, via Twitter, whatever the case may be, but very rarely do people actually put it on the actual show. So I'm assuming this person is talking about episode 280, not episode 279. So they put it in the wrong place. But look, I get it. You know, this is we're not everybody's cup of tea. But and I give credit when credit is due, even when it's feedback on us. But I mean, I need to address something that really bothered me. And it's it's interesting that I'm talking about this today, JC, on International Women's Day, because if you see on the second area when this person said, you finally had a female guest on the show. Finally? Hold up. Let's go back real quick. If this person was really truly a long time listener, they would know not only did we have the amazing Jacqueline Martinez, but even before episode 279, 278, 278, we had Heather, HD. Before that, even then, keep going back. We had, okay. So we had Tony Reed. That's not a female. That's a guy. Look, we had Jenny Bryant at the end of last year. Even before that, who did we have JC? We had other females. We had Aaron. And then we had the, uh, the, um, the AVA group. Even before then we had Amanda, we had Kim, dude, we've had a lot of females on the show. <laughs> so the part that I'm, uh, I was a little bit taken aback is that this person obviously doesn't listen to the show to say that we finally had a female guest. I think we've had more female guests than male guests. And again, it, it's a uh, feedback is feedback and we'll take that feedback. Right. Um, but to say that we finally had a female on the show, that's the part that kind of took me back. That's the part that I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If anything, we need to have more guys in the show, because if you keep going back to uh, to all of our shows, we had, look, we even had an international, uh, Rachel, an international HR expert from Australia. And then we had, dude, Joe Levine or Levine. I, I forgot how to say her last name, JC. That was yours. Uh, but anyway, we've had quite a few people on the show. And to me, that feedback was, I don't know, a little bit off, but I mean, sloppy. I don't know if we're getting sloppy or not. I, I do know there are some times where we don't have um, that um, our, our guests or that much material, and some shows are great, some shows are bad. I get it, right? I'll take that piece, but we have a well-versed of guests on the show. We really do, right? So, yeah, um, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, JC's giving me the time. Guess you forgot we are live. People can see us. Thank you, JC. Oh, no, <laughs> no I didn't I totally move it. on. Before we move on, on. Ricky,
0: JC, um, I I would like to apologize. Um, In the future, I will make sure that I capitalize the words the intern so everyone knows who Dave is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Dave, that was so rude of you to just jump in like that. I can't believe you just did that. That is messed up, Dave. That's a Uh, write-up.
0: Oh, that's, that's the second apology of the night we did after last week's show. Uh, We did talk about using the hand feature, the raised hand feature. Oh, we did. Um, And so I I will make sure to do that. So uh, uh, I will take that constructive criticism as well.
2: There you go, man. There you go. No, but you know what? Honestly, folks, um, I really do appreciate feedback. Please give us that feedback. Um, But – I got to tell you, if the feedback is not warranted, I ain't going to push back. And that's me pushing back about us not having female guests on the show or finally having because um, we are really diverse on the show. But everything else, I get it. Roger that. Feedback taken. JC, how did you take it? Well, I'd am
3: you know, i love to talk about it more. We are at the 12-minute mark into the show. We've got a 36-minute uh, interview <laughs> coming up with Paige Sparks, and we will we be running out of time on the back end of the program if uh, we don't move forward. Okay,
2: sure. No, go right
3: ahead. Uh, ahead. Constructive criticism, feedback, greatly appreciated. And with that being said as well, we've delayed the start of the female guest today for Ricky's monologue. So with that being said, please welcome to the program uh, this special interview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a very special guest on HR Talk today. You know her and love her directly from TikTok, Instagram, and all the other places. We've played her clips on the program numerous times before. Please welcome... To the show, Paige oh, Sparks. Hi. Hello,
1: thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be on.
3: Listen, it's the least I do for America. Trust me, anyone that knows, knows that's true. So look, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a long journey. It really has, you know, from the first blush that we saw of you on TikTok, um, talking about employment labor issues and concerns and, and thoughts, to actually having you on the show today. I, I truly can't thank you enough for your time. Um, with that being said, Tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? What what made you you as as Paige Sparks, the lawyer where you are today? Sure.
1: So I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a little bit outside of St. Louis, about an hour and based out of there. And you know what? I'm like, the, the I like to call myself like the nicest lawyer people are going to talk to. I'm not I'm not like a normal lawyer. I've had like five jobs, working through undergrad, going through law school. I kind of have a chip on my shoulder about everything, which is why I'm a plaintiff lawyer. Like I represent the employee because I've been there. I've been in those shoes. And so I'm a little bit different. I've got a million different side hustles that I like to do and just kind of run around like nuts, do wedding makeup, make wedding cakes occasionally. Like I'm just, I can't sit still. But so I started doing, I actually went to law school because a lot of people told me I wouldn't make it. You know, and I'd work best out of spite. I'm like, all right, I have to prove them wrong. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of students that later I proved them wrong. And so now I'm practicing in plaintiff law in St. Louis, Missouri. I do mostly employment law. I cover a little bit of criminal things, um, but my passion is truly employment law.
3: All the side hustles. I'm sitting here thinking about over the years yeah. being, being a part time Wedding DJ MC announcer guy that gets yeah, out there and does. I remember
1: you said you do that too.
3: Yeah, it's a totally different ball of wax, you know, and it's pretty intense too, especially if you're talking like the wedding makeup and the and the cakes and stuff like that. Like you, you can't you can't oh, screw yeah. up. It's one and done. You know? <laughs> oh
1: well, you can and they let you know if you do. <laughs> but, yeah. I've I've done wedding makeup with one of my best friends for about ten years and we've had the whole every experience from the easiest bridal party ever that's like drunk and they don't care about anything. All the way to like we're getting screamed and cussed at by the bride and the mother of the bride, and we're like, okay, we're gonna go now. <laughs> so you, I'm sure you have been there too.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's that rush though too the the one and done rush. There's got to be an aspect of that that still stays with you till today. When we're talking about getting into the courtroom and and you've got that one opportunity to represent the client at the same time,
1: right? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. So kind kind of yeah, and and I'm used to getting. I mean not yelled at. I don't know when I say yelled at, I don't mean like actually screamed at most of the time, but like getting talked to harshly by judges or by clients when things don't go their way or, you know, it's kind of, that is kind of part of it is I'm used to getting not like a good job, you know, good job answer and having someone who is unhappy with you and how to manage it, especially because most of the time it's out of my control.
3: Well, exactly. You're just doing the best you can.
1: Yeah. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. It, you know, and, and I, here's the funniest thing, too, is being a, if you want to be a good trial lawyer, you have to be tired because then you don't react to everything. So like having <laughs> those side hustles and running around and working like a dog when you're getting yelled at, you're like, OK, yes, sir. May I have another? Thank you, your honor. <laughs> you just don't care because you're exhausted. But yeah, it does. It, it is kind of similar. And I've had jobs ranging. I've done everything from bartending to wedding cakes. I worked at a gas station for six years, clothing shop, everything. And so it's just funny, like the customer service aspect of it. Like I said, I've been in that person, that employee that I talked to. I've been in their shoes before, most likely. And so it's just kind of funny how I, I'm like, oh yeah, I know those policies. Or you know, when I talk with them, I like to think that it's easier to talk to me because I because I know what it is to work an overnight shift at a gas station. You know,
3: a lot of people think about moving on in their careers. They think about finally reaching that point where they're in the C suite. They're they're wearing the suit. They're eating the sushi, they're going golfing, they're doing all those special things, right? And, and some people get there without having spent the time in those essential jobs to get the start. They might not have that connection, that relationship, with what it takes to get the day-to-day work done. The fact that you're representing the employee with that heart and understanding of where they're coming from, that's kind of second to none, you put yourself through school. I like
1: the way you just put. I like the way you put that because I like to think of myself that way too. Is obviously it's like if if someone's born with you know a wealthy family or something like that, they're going to be able to do the same thing I'm going to be able to do. But I think maybe some situations I do have a little more empathy because I've been there. Like I like the way you put that.
3: Well, thank you so much. Well, it's it's true though, right? The emotional intelligence, the empathy, the connection uh to to people along the way it, it, it all comes down to the journey in your life that you've lived it, you you made mention about school there and, and getting yourself through school you worked these side hustles to make that happen there, there wasn't an endowment of millions of dollars bestowed upon you for the hopes of the future right
1: oh yeah i have a little uh, like unconventional way that i went through school and through law school so i don't know that this would work for everybody but it, for me like my mom helped me a little bit with undergrad yeah. and I had a bunch of scholarships from high school but I had a horse that I was showing competitively which was costing like upwards of 800 bucks a month. so I was working like under undergrad I was working like three jobs I was doing showing on the weekends I was just insane and I didn't really care so much about school or the grades I didn't do any like it was really bad it just kind of came naturally to me which really ended up being a crutch later and really kicked me in the ass because, when I went to law school, you're no longer the smartest person in the room. Right. You're among many and actually probably the dumbest person in the room. I know, like practically, I am happy to admit I was. And so when I went to law school, my first semester, I was like, it was hard for me to not have the three jobs and to cut back because that's all I've known. And I tried to do it at the beginning and just totally fell fat on my face and, and was like at the bottom of the curve with the grades of the first semester. And I'm like, all right, I got to reevaluate. I cannot do my old life, like, my old <laughs> lifestyle. And so, you know, fortunately, you're allowed to like take a living expense portion of your loan out if you get enough scholarship kind of like gap in there. Yeah. So I, so I really buckled down. And I'm like, all right, this has got to be my full time job, like law school. And so it was hard for me because of doing those jobs. And I went, I, I did it weird. I don't think a lot of people work that way. I, I ended up going to undergrad for five years because my classes were spaced out with work and then law school, three year program. And so toward the end of law school, I kind of went back to my old habits and started working <laughs> Cause then you kind of get the hang of it and the grades really don't matter once you have a job lined up. Your, your first year grades are the most important. Then after that, they don't really matter. As long as you don't fail out of a class, which I, a lot of people will give me flack for saying that, but your grades really don't matter in law school.
3: Those connections at of- the end of the day, when you finally find that position, when it's either been offered to you or you've networked appropriately or, or did your internships or what whatever it may be in your world that you had to do to finally get to that point, it changes things, right? Like it's, it's that awakening yeah. that you know that there is more than light at the end of the tunnel. You could see your life coming together.
1: The coolest thing about the connections that you do make in law school, too, which I wish somebody would have. Someone told me this at the beginning, but I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I, I wish I would have done it because the first day of law school, someone came and spoke and was like, don't make enemies with everybody, anyone here. You don't know who's going to be a judge, who's going to be your opposing counsel, who's going to be referring you cases and being income, like be nice with everyone, be friends with everyone. And by nature, law school is so competitive. They make it cutthroat. They like it that way. And so it, that's not natural. It's like, it's natural to be an enemy with everybody while you're going through law school. And so I wish from day one I would have done that a little better. I, I did try to once I realized, oh, that person was right. I did try to do that. And it's true. Like, I have people refer me cases who I'm friends with. I have, even have someone who I didn't get along with who occasionally will, like, touch in and re- like, it's just so that's like a big takeaway. If someone if someone listening to this is wanting to go to law school, don't do what I did and be like, oh, whatever, like, it'll all work out. You really do need that network in that community because People refer cases. You might work for them. They might vouch for you. You just never
3: know. When we think about some of these HR people that actually listen to HR talk, not just here within the United States, but also globally, some of them have that those leadership skills already. They might have the backbone in place. They might not be comfortable with where the culture is going, and they feel that they could do a little bit more. There's been some people that have chimed up that listen to this show that say, you know what? I think I know employment labor law good enough right now. I'm going to go back and go to school and get that degree and try the bar exam and then they try the bar exam and then they try the bar exam
1: yeah. and then they try
3: the bar exam it's,
1: <laughs> it is brutal it is i was insane i mean nobody talked to me for about three months i was studying that's all i did i was psycho i my own mother quit speaking to me because she'd call and like in your brain you're like every second you don't spend studying you could fail because you didn't memorize this one thing because that's all it is is basically memorization for the bar exam and so like, I mean, I was so stressed out. I lost hair. I was freaking out. There are people puking on oh, wow. the breaks during the bar exam. I mean, people really truly freak out and for good reason, you know, they, they really, it's hard. And, um, people, my own mom would call me and be like, Hey, so how's studying going today? I'm like, what do you want? Like, I don't have time for this. And so nobody talked to me that time. Thank God I passed it the first time. Cause I don't know if I could have handled it the second <laughs> time. It is rough. It is so bad.
3: At some point in the journey here, um, you're you're now established. You're at the you're at the firm that you're with. Uh, do, do we say who you're with or do we leave that off the table? That's up to you.
1: No, that's OK. You can. Um, so I work at Ecker Law Group. It's a smaller St. Louis based firm That's we do mostly plaintiff side. We'll do, we do anything from personal injury, employment law like I do, criminal law. And we also do a little like weird areas of like laws that. OK, so, so someone brings me a case and it's not like a clear cut liability case but I want to help this person. We have some creative ways, which this might be a good, like, whole another conversation. Yeah, We have some creative ways where we can rope it in under things like the Missouri, um, oh, the MMPA Act, where it's like, if it's in commerce, you can still get it in. And so we do weird stuff, which a lot of weird things get referred to us. Um, like, I can tell you this, like, when everything that's public record, like, there's a case right now that I'm on where an individual got hurt um, it's premises liability. They got hurt at a hotel that was under construction because it wasn't properly set up oh, wow. and nobody else will touch that case. Cause if you, if you read, I can't, I'm not going to go into the details, but if you pull sure. the petition, the facts are not good. And so if you pull it up, nobody else will touch it. And we're like, okay, well we think we'll try. We think we can. And so we do every, we do weird stuff all the way to like normal, like run of the mill, you know, sex harassment, this happened and this happened, you know, they have a settlement. We do a, a kind of like a wide variety.
3: Uh, you haven't gotten into elder law working out of a strip mall and then periodically doing video shoots and commercials, right?
1: You know, you know what? People, <laughs> my favorite TV show. And I don't like legal TV shows. And so I love Better Call Saul. People tell me Kim Wexler, everyone smile. That's a great compliment to me. I love that. I'm she okay with that. She was so
3: hardworking in that show. She was unbelievable, right?
1: Hey, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen, don't read anything. I haven't seen the whole thing because I kind of like only watched the first two or three seasons, I think. Okay. But yeah, I love that. I do love that show, but I love better call salt. And you know, um, I don't like a lot of legal shows. I feel like they're not really realistic because it's drama and it's fun. And like my normal life is boring, you know, but better call salt is pretty, you know, accurate as far as like the scandal, how some other lawyers are, how they act. Yeah. And just the snakiness of it. I guess that's why I liked it. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, that's to- that totally, that's totally happened. This is real. Yeah. This happens daily. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it does
3: one of the things that uh, does happen daily also associates with one of those very first clips that the intern brought to the forefront for us on HR talk that I absolutely loved (laughs) and that, uh, my co-host still has issues with. Let's go ahead and hit this clip real quick.
1: If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. HR is not your friend. At the end of the day, HR's job is to minimize liability for the company. And those people in HR work for who signs their checks, not you. I don't care what they say. If they say they're looking into it, if they act like your best friend, that you've known them forever, don't believe it. If you're being harassed or threatened, consult somebody else outside the company. Don't use their HR and trust them to take care of your business. And one more thing, don't not report something or not do something because somebody in HR told you that it's going to make so-and-so lose their job or they'll have to do an investigation. Like, that's the point. If you're being harassed or discriminated against, use those words, make a complaint, and do it in writing in an email. Don't let HR push you around or trick you.
3: Strong. Very, very strong. and So incredibly true. How many people have actually live this experience this they suppress the issues that are going on because they don't want to lose the job they don't want to you know sacrifice what they have on the table and having to pay the bills on a regular basis so they they suck it up aka suck it up buttercup as they say nowadays right and they they internalize that and this goes on year after year after year it turns into a pattern of repetition so very bad you're hitting the nail on the head there HR people don't like hearing it though
1: (laughs) And you know what? I'm so glad you brought this up. Any Pretty much any video that I do is is inspired by someone I talked to that week that I wish I could have helped them. Like, I wish they would have known this or I wish I could have, or, you know, any video I do, it's, it's not just most of the time out of my own head. It's because I saw something bad happen to someone who contacted me and I couldn't help them because it was too late, for example. So, yeah, this video, I will be honest, I was after work, I was walking my dog, which is why you hear like birds screaming in the background, which is (laughs) so annoying. But I was like, you know what? Someone I just talked to, I think that day was like, I was afraid to lose my job. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to use those words because they're dangerous, right? You're kind of taught to know like when you make it, the first response of a normal HR rep is like, this is a serious allegation you're making. And it's like, yeah, it is. And so they've actually scared sometimes scared employees for making those complaints. And to be fair, it was a little aggressive of a video, okay? Because it's TikTok, you get 60 seconds, I got to get someone's attention. Like not every HR professional is like that. I'm right. well aware. But I also pretty much only hear the horror stories of the ones that are. So that's why, that's why I made that video. As someone I had talked to, I was like, oh, I wish I could have helped them because you know, people contact me a lot of time after the fact. And they'll be like, oh, I was discriminated against It'll sound like a good case, like a good timeline. Right. You know, maybe I'll even have email proof of they said things that they shouldn't have said. And I'm like, great. Did you complain about this for discrimination? And they all the time, the answer is no. And it just kills me that people are it's so ingrained for people to be afraid to do that. So that's why I made that video. That's why it's a little aggressive. Why Ricky didn't like it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true. And it's the reality of the situation. And, and in one breath, while employees might feel a little bit more comfortable to try to anonymously report to the EEOC that there's an issue, later on they find out that, well, you can't remain anonymous through that process. Right. Sometimes they're taking the the good faith and word and actions of that HR guy or gal that they've known for years, they, they go to the bar together, they have happy hour, they enjoy, they know their families and kids. Hey, uh, Ted's going to take care of me. At the end of the day, Ted's not taking care of you. Ted's taking care of the company.
1: I wasn't aware until, so that was my first TikTok video that really went like kind of viral. And I wasn't aware how the normal person thought that way until I was reading the comments of it, is that people think that an HR rep means human resource, like that's the their resource as an employee and sometimes it is but hr rep for human resources it's managing the human resources of the company like they work for the company and so a lot of people think of them as the as the friend or it's like their union rep they could go to or something like that where yes there are great union reps who have a good balance of that and and go above and beyond for the employee but at the end of the day they work for the company
3: right when we're thinking about those union reps, we're thinking about employees having issues. If an employee is putting all their eggs in the basket of turning to that union representative and maybe not reaching out to an independent legal counsel such as yourself, could they also be putting themselves at risk moving forward with a potential claim?
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I always tell everybody, because people comment on the videos all the time or we'll reach out, Pretty much any person you talk to, like me, who does plaintiff employment law, it's going to be a free consultation. They'll give you like an overview or at least hear you out. And it doesn't hurt to just ask an extra person. It's free. So yeah, go to your union rep, go through the process you're supposed to be doing at your company, whatever's in their policy and procedure for grievances, that kind of thing. But it costs you nothing to just get an attorney on the loop just for you to know and have kind of in your back pocket in case something goes sideways. Because I would tell you, there are some times where... I will basically ghostwrite a complaint for somebody who hires me because they're going through certain kind of harassment or discrimination and the union part doesn't keep up and our track goes much faster. And I was able to help because we still got that complaint in. It, it never hurts to, to kind of do the front work to protect yourself more.
3: Yeah. But lawyers are too expensive. No one can afford a lawyer. We just listen to them on <laughs> TikTok, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But that's what people don't know. It's not that for employment stuff. So anything with plaintiffs, is going to be on a contingency fee basis, which means you pay nothing up front. You only have to pay if you if you recover through, through the benefits of that. And so, no, it doesn't cost anything to have that initial conversation. I spend the majority of my week having free conversations with people, evaluating whether I can help them or not, or if they have a case or not. And so, no, it doesn't cost anything to find that out.
3: We've had employment labor attorneys on before, but those that predominantly represent the employers, this is a blessed opportunity having someone that actually represents the employee on, I'm not going to drive too hard on some of these issues, but I do have a key question for you here. At what point did you say? TikTok makes sense. Let me start (laughs) putting some videos on TikTok about this industry and start to raise awareness.
1: You know, okay. That's a loaded question because I got so much hell for when I started doing TikToks. Lawyers do not like the whole TikTok thing. Lawyers are so rooted in precedent and there's no, they're not supposed to be advertising. You're not supposed to be doing videos like they're, they were so against it. And it was actually at the beginning of quarantine because I was like stuck at home alone that I'm like, all right, I'm going to check this TikTok thing out. And then I'm like, okay, well I'm not getting to like market myself like normal or talk with people like normal because of COVID. So I'm going to make TikToks of just random questions I get. So that's kind of how it started and how it snowballed. I, I got, I get like nasty grams from so many other lawyers in my own field even really? like in St. Louis who are like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And it's insulting to me because like I've done the back. I've checked all the rules. I've gotten yeah. like informal opinion from the Missouri bar saying like, you're good as long as you do this, this and this. Because, you know, you have to have disclaimers and for certain things like that. But I'm I'm never in my videos being like, hey, call me if you if you slip oh, exactly. and fall, call me. <laughs> it's just informational. It's the equivalent of an informational blog. So right. that's why I started doing it. As, and then and then it. For the other reason is because there were things that I was like, oh, I wish that person would have known that for their workers comp case, the adjuster works for the company, you know, like things like that to where I'm like, OK, I can make a quick tick and bring this up. And another thing, the adjuster for your workers' comp claim is not your friend. The adjuster's job is to save the company money, they don't care about you, and you are not their priority. I don't care what they say. Here's a question you need to ask yourself, are you signing their check, or is the company? Because that's who they're working for. It is extremely unethical for the adjusters to pretend to be your attorney, but sometimes they will be, and they act like they're your best friend. So be really clear up front, if you're going to handle it yourself, or if you get confused, send an email and say, are you my lawyer? Are you a lawyer? And then there's a paper trail because they're not allowed to lie to you.
3: In the TikTok video, you talk about the paper trail. You've brought up the email trail before. We've, we've heard paper trail numerous times. There's an importance to this. And it's part of the reason why you're putting the word out, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't do it. Again, they're afraid to. A lot of employees that work may be in a more toxic atmosphere. I've been told, like, when you have a conversation in person or over the phone, that's the purpose. So there is no trail to it. Right. We've all right. heard the employees who told that. So the easiest thing to do. And if you piss people off, that's fine. At least you're protecting yourself. It's so easy to be like, hi, so-and-so. This is what we just talked about. It has a timestamp and everything in the email. This is what my understanding of what we just talked about. X, Y, Z. Please let me know if, nothing, if that's incorrect. Thank you. Because now two years from now, when someone like me is litigating the case, we're not having to play he said, she said if that person responded to the email or if they never did, at least we have some kind of guidance. And so, yeah, I, I wish people would really lock in the emails more, but again, I know that's one thing that some of them are told not to do specifically. Don't do that.
3: You talked about two years later, are there statutes of limitations on some things? If, if you've been, Oh yeah. You, you've been hurt and offended or discriminated against or whatever the case may be for the past decade, but it started 10 years ago and you do have formal proof of things over the past 10 years, but the past two or three have been kind of okay. And now it's starting to ramp up again. Pointless to reach out.
1: No, not pointless to reach out. I don't think it's ever pointless to reach out again. It's free just to like, go ahead and waste my time and call me and I'll tell you yes (laughs) or no. like it's free to, it's free to check on it. The worst case scenario, there's nothing I can do. And now, you know, but for, I can only speak to the Missouri statute of limitations for this. Of course, But so for employment matters here, you have 180 days to file a charge of discrimination or make a claim under the local commission of human rights, the Missouri Commission of Human Rights. And then you have almost almost a year, actually, it's like 300 days under the EEOC. However, once that's pending, you then have another statute of limitations, a two-year one from from the act of discrimination that's still going. So you have like many deadlines running at once, which is why it's tricky to handle it on your own because... The EEOC is not very timely. They're backed up and underfunded. And so say you file your charge within time and then you just never check on it. And now you didn't get your notice of right to sue in time. And now you can't file your lawsuit. I mean, that could theoretically happen. But there are a bunch of deadlines for it. Now, the question you asked about if it's going on for 10 years, there is in Missouri, you can argue, continuing action theory. I think it might be a stretch if it's over ten years, like because we always think of like what this will look like to a jury. Right. I was telling a jury like, yeah, Joe Smith put up the, with this for ten years, but it's really bad. It's hard to harder to sell that the longer it goes on. That's not impossible, and I don't mean to be discouraging. It's just if it's going on that long, you need to check in with a professional who can help you kind of anchor it to a certain time, make that complaint, and now we look at moving forward.
3: There was that uh, one case going back uh, to Ohio with UPS. UPS just got um, got sued over the past year or so for a discrimination issue. And it came from some of the drivers, a uh, racial discrimination issue. But they were mapping it back saying, yeah, this happened over a very long span of time. Then further narrowly refined it to be well over the past couple of years. And then further even more narrowly refined and defined it to be this specific instance that happened within just the last year. So some of that stuff just could be helping make that case. But like you said, there right. there might be a little bit of roll off there at the end of the day when it comes to the perception of things, right?
1: And so for the cases like that, we like to do it that way as lawyers because we want to use all of this stuff that's been going on for years. But a lot of it's not timely and can be kept out of evidence ultimately because of that. Um, before you go to trial, and this like some people didn't know this. I didn't know it before I was a lawyer. You actually will have rulings in front of the judge before trial happens saying, Am I allowed to bring this piece of evidence in or not? Everything's pretty much predetermined before the trial starts. So if there's evidence 10 years ago that's really good that I want to bring in, I'm going to argue that continuing violation theory, even though it's so far removed in Fargo, I'm going to argue that I want that to be used as context for the evidence for the most recent one that is timely. So I'm sure that's what they did with it.
3: COVID-19. It's gotten us oh, all. We've been stuck home. <laughs> we've, we've been learning new ways of life. We've learned TikTok, of course, you know, be, um, that I, I don't <laughs> yep. even know where to begin. It's been a crazy year. It's almost like the year didn't exist, Paige, you know?
1: Yeah, I know. Someone I saw a meme somewhere that was like, okay, welcome back to March. You haven't changed from last year at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick up where you started last March. And I feel the same way.
3: When we think about getting back into the workplace now, some employers at the end of last year were taking a look at some of the... Uh, Some of the publications out there saying, yeah, I'm going to have to make sure that I mandate vaccinate uh, my workforce to get them to return. And there was a piece uh, that that just came out a couple days ago. Now, Uh, J.D. Supra published a piece this week on vaccination rules and Gina. And in that piece, it says in January 2020, employers finally received new proposed regulations, although they were certainly not as employer friendly as many employers had hoped. Very lengthy article kind of goes into talking about how moving forward to January of 21, that some of those EEOC uh, withdrawals of some of the guidance that they're putting out there as for the Biden administration might have a regulatory freeze put in place, kind of changing the the diagram, changing the landscape of things. In this article, though, they go on to say it's likely that the EEOC will eventually issue new guidance on the issue. But unfortunately, it's unlikely that guidance will come in a time to inform employers anytime soon, and particularly during this critical time period when employers are setting up vaccination programs for their employees and could use guidance on what incentives are permissible. Now, this piece was put together by Joseph Kroger of PC, Snell & Wilmer, stopped by JDSupra.com. Legal news, not so fast. EEOC withdraws its recently published guidelines. There's a lot going on there, Paige. Yeah, how do, how do we decipher to, that from a high exact. level?
1: Well, you know, this is the most like hot-button issue right now. Is because everybody's wanting, first of all, the employees wanted to know, do I have to get the vaccine if my employer wants me to and employers on the same hand, or if they're wanting to enforce it, how? So before this, that you, the article that you had sent me, I believe the most recent EEOC guidelines that are still in effect are from December around like December 20th or so. And per those guidelines, there was a, there's basically a test where if the employer can say it's uh, legitimately related to your job, if they can require it of everybody, There's a test for it, whether they can require an employee to get it or not, which is why prior to COVID employees were allowed to or employers were allowed to do that for things like the flu vaccine, Okay. where if you work in the health field, they could require you to get the flu vaccine, for example. Yeah. So the the problem now is because so like before it was kind of more so related to like. If you worked with children, like as a teacher in the healthcare with, if it was legitimately like, okay, you need to be as healthy and safe as possible because you could spread this to other people, Right. given the field. So now the problem that we're going to be seeing through this guideline issue is it's because it's a pandemic, is it now necessary for other fields that have never before been related? Like, um, you know, an HR professional who doesn't deal with healthcare or things like that now that it's going to be jumping to other fields that'll be really weird to see what the guidance does if they ever decide on it.
3: I'm also curious to see what the future is going to hold when we're talking about returning to the workplace. And if it comes down to like an individual employer's mandate to say, yeah, you know what, per our leadership and guidance and decision-making process, everyone returns to the office next Thursday. Oh
1: yeah. That's what happened to me last week. (laughs) 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 That's what happened to me last week. But yeah, it is, it is going to, it's hard because, there's a lot of cases that are people that I'm getting calls for right now who are in that same situation and they're not able to come back or ready to come back because they have a legitimate health condition or concern and things like that. And so one of the things they can ask for if they're not ready to return would be a reasonable accommodation to continue working from home or to work in a like sequestered place at their office. The problem is, is they don't get to pick their accommodation. They can just request it. And so I've been getting, I mean, probably like 10 conversations a day of this actual conversation to where they're like, well, I still want to work at home because I have really bad, you know, asthma and all this other things. And I, if I can't get a respiratory issue, right? which I'm like, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. But if, if your employer doesn't have to do that particular accommodation, they could say, no, you have to come to work and we're giving you an N95 mask and they can do that.
3: And from there, there's no option. That's it.
1: Well, well, yeah, I mean, you they you don't get to you can request your accommodation, but you don't get to pick them. So what I tell people is, you know, abide with what your employer says. If you want to keep your job, you've got to do that. But the thing that we always want to be careful and we want to look at is if if there are further complications related to a disability, like if this accommodation isn't good enough, we want to document it through that email paper trail that we were talking about with reasons why. And then if you start getting negative or adverse treatment after asking for the accommodations, we want to keep track of that because now we'll be looking at possible discrimination. But, yeah, for the most part, your employer picks the accommodations after you request them. You can suggest them, but you don't get to pick.
3: Ultimately, at the end of the day, this is just two people talking on a podcast. This is not official legal advice, right? Is just
1: Absolutely not legal bandit. advice. <laughs> this is just conversation and informational only, just like I say in all my TikToks. Every state's different, so you really do need to check with a local lawyer if you have any questions because they all vary.
3: Talking about ways that people could reach you, though. And just for disclaimer, we're not saying reach you in the office at your telephone number there, but you could be found on social media for further entertainment purposes and informational oh, yeah, needs, you- right?
1: If you want to go see people fight on my TikTok comments, I'm on TikTok (laughs) as lawyer page. It's just lawyer and my name's P A I G E. And then on Instagram, I I try not to post so much funny or like more funny stuff on Instagram, not so much legal stuff to make me feel, seem like a human, you know, on Instagram. And so my Instagram is underscore page sparks.
3: That's your real name too, right?
1: That is my real name. Yeah. You want to know something funny? Tell me. Um, I really like my name, but my, so a lot of lawyers, when they switch over, they start going by professionally, like their middle initial, you know, I think it's kind of like I I won't even get to it, but I didn't, I chose not to do that for a variety of reasons because, and then the big, biggest one is my parents named me Paige Michelle Sparks. So signing all my legal documents as PMS. So anyway, I do not go by Paige and Sparks. I go by Paige Sparks. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse, but I was like, Mom
3: and Dad, thanks. You brought the joke to the table. I just laughed along with you. I'm I not know. laughing at you. I'm with you on no, this No, no, no. I brought it up. I brought it up. You would
1: have never known. I, it is funny. It is funny. When So sometimes that's how we'll Guys, track. Guys, don't like make
3: her people. mad. Don't upset her.
1: <laughs> hey, my name speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is sometimes that's how we'll sign off on who, like, last read the document, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Like, come on. Right. PMS read this.
3: <laughs> if you have any worse. any thoughts of, of wisdom or advice to HR people that are hearing you on this program today, what would you tell them?
1: Oh, that's a tough one, because normally I don't talk to the HR person. Um, what I can say, OK, I know this contradicts what I told the employee, but if I was at if I was an HR person, I really can like nail them to the wall on their emails. HR people like to spell every single like reprimand out an email and be very specific. And while that's great, and I know why it's required, it's, you know, keep track of things or whatever. I'll just leave that food for thought is sometimes less is more. And like, I can do a lot of damage with a really detailed email from an HR rep, especially one that doesn't know the law and might accidentally say like, this is the reason we wrote you up. And it's like, just what I need. And they put it in writing. So I know that contradicts what I said before, but, you know, putting on my HR hat.
3: No, that's, that's fine. That's is more. <laughs> it's, it's policy and culture at the end of the day. And there's so many people that still live and exist in a culture of fear rather than live and exist in a culture of trust. And due to that, this is why we live yeah. and work and operate in this this weird world that we're in right now, where some people do need to seek legal guidance and where other people are very comfortable in just telling uh Telling their employee to piss off or swear at them on a regular basis day to day, which I guess legally they can to a degree, but,
1: uh, Oh, sure you can. It's just what happens to you after that. You know, that'll be, that'll be <laughs> maybe a story. One time is I did do that once when I was working. <laughs> it did not end well for me.
3: <laughs> what happened? What happened? Oh,
1: that's a long story. Uh, it's a long do you story. want to go there? Actually, no. maybe another time. Okay. It's really funny though. I will tell you another time.
3: Okay. Deal. Well, look, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, you know, it's only a quick glimpse for these past half hour or so together, but it truly has been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough for being here on HR Talk. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, stop by TikTok. That's Lawyer Page, correct? Yep. And over on Instagram, underscore uh, underscore Page Sparks. Sparks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's some really good horse videos on there. If you want to see my horse do tricks. <laughs>
3: yeah. Big fan of the horse doing tricks, ladies and gentlemen. Paige Sparks,
2: take care. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, I was trying to go back in there as soon as I heard something that I wanted to really jump in on. Uh, freely couldn't get to do it. What happened, JC? Did you get some food or something?
3: Oh yeah. Well the uh while well, the interview was playing, I went i uh I grabbed some chicken wings.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely did. Uh, because I'm like, J.C., J.C., and nothing. All I heard was crunching hey. and the souls I'll, I'll of a bunch of chickens screaming uh, out loud.
3: When you're thinking about, like, the one person that watched it live on your Facebook stream, don't worry about it. It didn't come out no, on the recording. I worry about those it's people.
2: I worry about those people, even if it's one person, J.C. No, but you know what, though? It, it's uh, That was an awesome interview, and I would love for her to come on the show live, right? Uh, because she has some gold nuggets here. And something I do want to address that she said that really... Uh, it made me chuckle a little bit. It's, it's more towards the, uh, towards the end of it. She said less is more. She normally talks to the employees, right, to the plaintiffs, I guess, depends how you look at it. So normally she defends the employees from the employers, right? And I get, I get what she's saying, that the less you put in an email in general, I guess the better. And I guess my, my thing for that is just that that's a great idea if the HR person does not know what they're doing. So I agree. If the HR person is a little bit uneasy with the law, is a little bit uneasy with everything else happening, then yeah, the less they put on there, the better. But then again, if you're an HR director, or the VP of HR, and you have to tell your employees that in HR, you have to tell them, hey, less is better, then you as a leader don't have that much effort um, uh, 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 um, I don't want to say effort. You don't have that much confidence in the skill level of your team. Instead of telling them less is more, how about you train them and you and you and you uh, send them to classes, buy them classes um, to get them up to speed? That way, you don't have to say less is more. Because at the end of the day, the more you detailed, especially if it comes down to an investigation, the better it is for you as an organization if you're doing the right thing again that's up to the leader of that hr organization the other thing that i want to address that that, uh that uh, she said that she is spot on on is that in law school your first year law school yes your grades matter anything after that they don't and that is interesting to hear her say that because she's not wrong she's not right as long as you don't fail you're good right now maybe 20 30 years ago um, uh, great, uh, the, the GPA mattered. These days, not as much, right? Because again, at the end of the day, if you think about it, um, they're all standardized tests. Everybody learns and thinks differently. But uh, I thought that was really awesome that she put that out there because, yeah, she might catch some flack from her colleagues or even from people from school. But speaking from a professor right here, it's kind of true, right? So if somebody got an A and somebody else got a B, it doesn't mean the person who got a B doesn't know as much as the person that um, that got an A did, right? They still got the same information. They just process it differently. Um, and JC, did you tell her that I was upset about the HR not being your friend? Did you actually tell her that? Why did you say that? I wasn't upset. Did you see you there? I think he went back and got some more chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, so he doesn't want to talk about it. It's cool, though. So go ahead. Go ahead. Current,
3: event. current events. this week is brought to you in part by The Emotions of Ricky Baez. And before we get into current events, to your question.
2: Come again. No, go ahead. What were you saying? Go ahead.
3: I was, I was wondering if you could repeat that question again.
2: Oh, about why you told her about the uh, that uh, I was mad or upset about the uh, the uh, HR is not your friend.
3: Yeah, we played that on the show before.
2: Don't you remember? Oh, no. Yeah. I do, JC. I do. I do. But why you tell her now? That was my question. What do you need?
3: Well what, what what what's your angle right now there Ricky Bias? You're not so angry or upset. We understand. You know angry at the upset. at the end of the day mm-hmm. like if if you're interviewing someone maybe you, maybe we're just playing with words a little bit right there. I'm sorry if you got offended by that. I, maybe you weren't really uh angry <laughs> or upset by that. You know? It's okay. Go ahead. What do you got?
2: No 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 no. It's not about being angry or upset. It's is at the end of the day it really is about when 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 you have HR out there. At the end of the day, yeah, HR we've kind of earned that title about being um, not your friend because a lot of people in the past have really ruined that for everybody else but again that's that's what i'm doing in class that's what i'm doing at school to let people know that always do what is right by the, by by what's fair not, not by the organization not by the manager not by the employee always do what is fair and if you always do what is fair what happens is is that it it it's everything turns out the way it's supposed to be which is fair for everybody for the organization because if you start taking sides just for the sake of taking sides that's when you get into into trouble that way so that's what i wanted to uh to say and i really wish i was there for that interview man that would have been so much fun
3: oh she definitely didn't want to be on with you scared by you
2: <laughs> I bet absolutely
3: yeah. scared by you right page mm-hmm. kidding around kidding around <laughs> And time for current events. We'll cut that short right there and kind of get moving along. We are at
0: 54
3: minutes into the show. Our first one here is all about a uh, Bath & Body Works customers. Employees brawled over line cutting in Scottsdale, Arizona. Ricky, you've got a video on this, don't you?
2: I sure as heck do. So
3: in a Twitter post, employees and customers are seen fist fighting at the Fashion Square Mall Bath & Body Works location, Please stop by. They'll have 10% off on Tuesdays from what I last heard right there. Right? Right? This is going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. The Twitter user says a woman was standing too close to another customer. They started arguing, and then employees tried de-escalating the fight. Video coming up momentarily. No video. That's fine. So the fight got worse, however, with employees and customers being thrown to the ground. Uh, Fisticuffs threw everywhere. Police said the incident wasn't related to race or wearing a mask whatsoever, as some Twitter users had claimed. (laughs) Now, uh, interviews were conducted with witnesses involved. Subject and surveillance video was reviewed by the responding officers. Based on the evidence, it was determined probable cause existed for the charging of a Johnson and O'Daniel for the misdemeanor offenses of assault and disorderly conduct stated by the SPD. Um, There are no official statements at this time from Fashion Square. I got the Square official Mall. video. Oh, you do have it now? Here we go. So if you couldn't tell, uh, everything that I just read was meant to be a little bit of a voiceover for the video here. Anyone that's catching the live feed right now, you're seeing that video take place of the fight at Bath & Body Works. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it's it's really just a bunch of screaming and yelling. Stop by YouTube, check that out though. It's uh, it's pretty harsh though. I mean, talk about a, a very interesting situation there in the workplace. Ricky, over
2: to you. So, oh, oh my, sorry. There we go. There we go. So, all right. So, this is a video that came out um out of Scottsdale, Arizona, and the reason I wanted to talk about that. Um, Is because you see, you clearly see employees and customers fighting. And from an HR perspective, if you see something like that, um, obviously the first thing that comes to mind, put you, you put your HR hat on, and you're like, oh my God, what, why, why? <laughs> there are some employees that are not going to be employed very long because you know, if you're out of the street walking around, somebody touches you, hits you, yeah, you have the right to, to defend yourself. That right is a little bit different when you're at work. You've really got to be careful because you have to do everything in your power. Now, outside of any other policies that say that, you have to do everything in your power to make sure that you get out of harm's way. But in this video, you clearly saw some associates getting involved. Um, one associate man grabbing a t- an, with an amazing MMA takedown um, of the employee, which kind of makes me wonder what kind of new employee orientation Bath and Body Works have. But, uh, based on the video and the news articles that I saw at the end of the day, what happened was, is we had one customer that was standing too close to another customer and the, the, the customer B was really upset about it. Some words were exchanged. They started going at it. Uh, employee A got involved. and when she started getting her butt handed to her, employee B got involved. And that's what you saw with the, with the takedown. So I could really see some people, um, getting fired over that, but, uh, yeah, um, it's really easy to get to let your emotions get the best of you um, at work, especially if you see stuff like that. But from an HR perspective, that is a no-no, folks. Train your associates, train your managers to do everything in their power to get to not to get physically involved with a customer. And that's where I leave that
3: one. Your next story here is taking us all the way out to Napa Valley, Nappy Valley uh, Napa Valley, Napa. Valley Register here with the uh, city of Napa. They did officially pick a new director of human resources, Heather Ruiz. She's got more than 20 years of public sector experience. City of Napa's new HR director. Big kudos going out to Heather here on International Women's Day. Ricky, over to you.
2: Good for her. I mean, seriously. So she serves as the director of HR for the city of Vallejo. So she has a lot of experience um, in public work. Uh, Proud of the city for 600 employees. God, I would love, I would love to work for the city of Napa, Napa Valley. Uh, I've never been there. I believe you have, right, JC? You've been to uh, wine country? Nope, not yet. You haven't? I think you got some family. My bad. I think you have some, uh, some uh, family out there. I would nope. love to go out there and actually work in the, uh, in the public works area or even um, uh, government work to kind of see what kind of relationship they have with all the uh, great farmers out there.
3: I've, so, I've got a brother up in Modesto, uh, but that's about
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, but he does, uh, what, walnuts, almonds? What Ammons. kind of farming does he He's do? He's an almond farmer. Almonds. Ammon, yeah. Got it, got it. Almond farmer. That's, we got to get him on again. We did. <laughs> it's time for.
3: Florida man. Story. Your first story is coming to us from WFLA.com. Brought to us in part by Dave the intern. St. Pete woman refused to wear a mask at a motel threatened to beat up officers. According to deputies, the woman was refusing to wear a mask inside the Charlotte County motel and told the deputies who were arresting her to look her up because she's battered an officer before And would gladly do it again, according to the police report. (laughs) Online jail records show that the woman was charged with resisting arrest in 2014. According to the arrest report, Simpson was seen riding shotgun in a vehicle with a bottle of vodka. She allegedly tried to bite, scratch, and kick the troopers who detained her. She was arrested Tuesday for trespass, failure to leave property upon order by the owner, and resisting an officer. Without violence. She was released on two thousand five hundred dollar bond. Over to you.
2: <laughs> a year later. A year when are people gonna realize you just wear a mask? I mean, seriously, just just wear a mask. And I don't know what part of that person's rationale did they think they're gonna get a positive response from telling Look me up. I beat one of you guys before. I just don't know what that means. And if you put it out there, also, again, from an HR perspective, you see that person uh, in your interview process later on in the state of Florida. Yeah, we ain't going to hire you. We're not. Not if you're going to throw down to the police. I don't want you to throw down on our customers. Sorry, not going to happen. Digitally preserved.
3: Story. Your next story, right here. Brought to us in part by Spiritual Advisor Randy. This is from ClickOrlando.com. Driver ticketed for swerving to avoid a falling couch on the Florida interstate. And the trooper did deliver a ticket to the victims in the hospital. This came to us out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. A couple (laughs) driving home from Florida flipped and wrecked their car while swerving to avoid a couch that fell off of a truck. And though both escaped serious injury, there was no avoiding a $166 traffic ticket dropped off at the hospital where they were (laughs) being treated for their injuries. Jake Singer told the South Florida Sunsettle that his girlfriend was driving February 20th on I-95 as they returned to Washington, D.C. after a month-long visit with family in Boca Raton. His girlfriend immediately swerved as fast as possible to avoid the falling couch on the Florida interstate. And then, their 2006 Corolla struck the median. It flipped, and the truck kept going. The car was totaled. Both were taken to the hospital in ambulances. He said, they're lucky to have survived. But then, a Florida Highway Patrol trooper showed up at the hospital to deliver the traffic ticket for failing to drive In a single lane. According to the crash report. Quote, he gave us a ticket for basically swerving lanes while trying to avoid a couch that was flying at us off the back of a truck in the state of Florida. That is correct. According (laughs) to the trooper. (laughs) Florida Highway Patrol spokesman Lieutenant Yanko Reyes told the ClickOrlando.com newspaper. Well, it's a tough break for the couple. Troopers have discretion when issuing traffic citations. He added that drivers are supposed to maintain control of their vehicle at all times. You you have to look at the total uh, the totality of the circumstances, according to Reyes. Remember, in Florida, it's recommended to have at least a two vehicle length between your vehicle and the vehicles wow, in front dude. of you. Ricky this over to you. And uh, Dave, wow. the intern, let's bring him on here, too. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, You've been quiet during our current event segment. Feel free to chime in, guys. Over to you.
2: So, I mean, Dave is a resident of the beautiful Sunshine State, as, I, as am I. Um, so, at the end of the day, they're not even going to try to find who who uh, who did a crappy job of securing the couch at the back of a truck that fell off and caused them to swerve. They're just going to go for the easy fish, for the easy prey and people who can't go nowhere, who are at the hospital and then give them that ticket. That's pretty crappy. Dave, what do you think? I'm intrigued about the couch. Uh, Aren't you looking for a couch? We should go over there and find it. Did you say that she was looking for a couch for your for your back porch? You there? I think he's talking. We just can't hear him. I hear something. There you go.
1: Yeah, there Quotes let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. This is Cookie by
2: So... The key to a long and prosperous life is to stop worrying about money and stop focusing on the now. Start focusing on the now, not stop. Okay, I got to do that again.
3: Inspirational words again. of wisdom and advisement from Ricky Bias, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was crappy. That you was keep crazy. that with you for that. the week right there.
2: <laughs> stop focusing on the now, people.
3: Pretty simple. Was Pretty tripping. simply put, right. Yeah, hey, uh, we we lived a lot of different lives within this episode so far. We are over our, time, our new time limit within the new format of the program. But with that being said, we do still have time for final thoughts. Going around the room, I'd like to please welcome to the microphone and the screen, Dave, the intern, for his final thoughts on the show today.
0: Can you guys hear me?
2: There we go. We got you, brother. Okay. We got
0: you. Final thoughts. Uh, yeah. You know what I was just thinking about uh, before we came on the air, um, you know, through the last year, a lot of people have struggled with many things and uh, it's really easy to think of the negative throughout our week. And uh, I, I'd like to uh, challenge everybody to think of, of one thing that uh, they're glad for happening or a person that they're glad for this past week. And uh, post it on, on the site, on the Facebook page. For me, you guys know, Tara the Wonder Dog. Hey, she's been around for 15 years now. Wow. And so uh, I, I'm pretty wow. awesome. pretty happy that she is 15 years old. And the other thing I got from this past week was I had the opportunity Saturday night to do some volunteer work. And uh, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. It was some security detail for a uh, festival it, it was pretty easy, um, but it was just really nice to be able to give back to the community for a few hours and uh, talk to people and and point them in the right direction to make sure everybody's safe and, and having a good time. And uh, so it just felt really good to be able to give back for a little bit. So that's two things that happened this week for me that uh, I'm pretty thankful for.
3: And what about your final thoughts on the show today? Uh, with some of the things that Laura Page had to say, or, or maybe Ricky addressing the the comments that viciously attacked you at the start of the show.
0: <laughs> I was trying to go a more inspirational route uh, so that it seemed like I had something worthwhile to say. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Here you are <laughs> trying to be positive, bro. T-
3: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> no, what well, you think about that thing, just stirring the pot.
3: And what about the terrible <laughs> stuff? Let's get into that, Dave. <laughs>
2: It
0: was, yeah, so back uh, back to lawyer page. Um, I thought it was really interesting when she was talking about the less is more. Uh, I did put my hand up to uh, chime in at that time, but you know, I was I was ignored. But that's okay. Uh, I'll let that go. Would you um, what would really, you have? What
3: bring it to the table? What do you got? It it,
0: it was interesting because in the corporation that I work for, uh, the policy would be that we would have to go to HR with, you know, whatever route of discipline we are going, so that they could check to make sure that that we were addressing everything that the way, um, as managers, we should be uh, addressing it. And, and it was really helpful, because, you know, maybe the first or the second time, you know, you're leaving out things or you're saying too much. Um, but with that person doing a little bit of quality uh, control, you know, you get a hang on things. And before you know it, you know, they're just kind of giving you the check mark. Yeah, you got it. You're good. You know, we're, we're solid with this. So um, I can understand where the less is more and um, uh, you just have to make sure that, you know, uh, you're doing a good job and you're doing it the right
3: way. That was final thoughts with Dave, the intern, final thoughts over to Ricky Baez.
2: So i just want to thank lawyer page for um agreeing to come on the show I, I i really do appreciate that i know that attorneys really do get a bad rap just in general right so it's good to hear um from attorneys from different different disciplines in in the legal field obviously especially in the hr field um we have our 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 um a legal expert uh that comes on the show every now and then mr michlis who handles more on the employer side i really appreciate page giving her perspective from the employee side, man, I I I want to see them both in a room. I want to see them both in a room going at it, not necessarily going at it, but just uh, talking about their different points of view when it comes to employment and labor law. Um, so, I mean, it, it's Paige had a lot of great nuggets of gold there. She really did. So, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, and and at the end of the day, folks, look. Um, if you feel the need to get an attorney, by all means, go get an attorney, right? But before you do, give your HR department an opportunity to rectify the issue. Now, are there some HR people out there who give you a reason to go seek out an attorney? Absolutely. But I'm here to tell you, there are some of us out there who really do care about what's fair, whether you agree with it or not, what's fair is fair. And if you go see an attorney and they think it's 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 fair, they are gonna tell you, right? But um, uh, give, give your HR person a chance to rectify the issue. And if you're in HR, don't pick sides. The only side you should be picking is what's fair, what is right, what should happen, regardless on how it looks. If you do that, and if, you're, and if you're genuine, if you're honest, and if you're fair, whatever action you decide to take, it's always going to be the right action for the company, whether you side with the company or not. So be fair, be genuine, be transparent, and I guarantee you're going to get great, great relationships at work.
1: If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. HR is not your friend. And
3: with that, uh, taking a real quick pause right here. Um, I'm with my final thoughts, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And Ricky, what are the best ways people can reach us, please?
2: The best ways people can reach us, guys, just go on our webpage, 407-501-8425, hrtalkandbiasco.com, or even ebiasandbiasco.com. We are all over when it comes to social media, HR Talk Podcast, find us there. And please subscribe, hit like, download us from your favorite podcast platform, and really let us know what you think of us. We really appreciate it.
3: Big kudos going out to Lawyer Page for being on HR Talk on International Women's Day. Thank you once again for that. On behalf of Dave the Intern, accompanied by Tara the Wonder Dog, Spiritual Advisor Randy, Ricky Baez, all his little puppies, the entire family that he, he has. He has a very big family, very best family, very good family. We're all thankful for making him and and helping him stay alive to keep him on the program. And I'm JC. Ladies and gentlemen, drive safe. Oh, by the way, I hope you've enjoyed the new format of the new one-hour HR talk that is now one hour and 15 minutes. Drive safe. Have a good night.
2: I want some wings.